The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. God damn it! Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Doctor's office. Hi, oh, hello. 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 Yes, uh, we had some fireworks that were left over from, yeah. from the 4th of July, and I blew one off in my hand. Oh. <laughs> Hello, can I help you? Hello. Oh, boy. Listen, I was lighting firecrackers that were left over from the 4th of July, and I blew... When did you do this? Oh, about a little while, half okay. an hour. Okay, what kind of firework? It was a firecracker. Okay. It looked like, you know, when you finish with the toilet paper, the empty tube? Yes. It looked like that, about that size. Okay. And, uh, it's not a firecracker, that's like an M80 deck. Oh boy, it's big, and it. Uh, my hand does not look good. I suggest that you go to an emergency room. Yeah, this was a firecracker and the fuse, and all of a sudden... What you can do in the meantime is get a oh, towel. Fantastic, a towel? It's stinging me like crazy. You know, these firecrackers, my God, I can't even... Really, I'll tell you, I don't even see fingers, but maybe it's just because I'm numb and stingy. Get Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I really did it good this time. Okay. Okay, let me wrap this up, and I'll see you with my nub. Okay. Right. Bob Seska. I don't know what we're yelling about. The Bob Seska Show. H. Bob. God damn it. Hello, Bob. Oh, hi. Are we on? Is it? Is it my show? Yeah, it's my show. Hi. It is uh, Thursday, June 29, 2017, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob, and we're brought to you by the best soap in the world. Uh, it's Bubble Genius, also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you're getting sued by Donald Trump, head over to thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chez, or just click the link on the podcast page. Free legal advice in the age of Trump. Invaluable. This I tell you. All right, so, God damn it. God damn it! Uh, Donald Trump. We talked about this a little bit on Tuesday with Buzz Burbank. Just in terms of Donald Trump's general persona the way he comports himself in public i you know let's bring in jackie Sheck. jackie Sheckner's here uh i'm the, here for the i'm f- here i i like the term numb numb and stingy from your intro <laughs> numb I, and I, that's stingy. how i feel this morning after seeing what donald trump treat, tweeted overnight i'm numb and stingy yeah numb and stingy that's exactly right well you know what when i hear donald trump talk or when i read his tweets I don't know how to fully emphasize this, Jackie, because it it actually kind of hurts a little bit to see. I have a very strong visceral reaction to his voice. Yeah, yeah. It's it's his voice. It's the fact that he, not only he, but of course his supporters too, his all of his loyalists believe this that this is this is legitimate behavior for a national leader, a world leader. This is okay. This is permissible behavior. This is okay for a president of the United States to be this vulgar and this undignified and this crass and this childish and this vindictive. It is staggering that anyone can look at this guy and go, 
That is a leader that my children should look up to and aspire to be like. I hope one day my kids and my grandchildren and my posterity all behave like Donald Trump because this is the kind of leadership that America needs. This is not... God damn it! This is not... This is not presidential. I mean, this is the sad part, is that we knew this before he got elected. Like, this behavior isn't new. Yeah. It's not. It's not it's at not all. It's not like this emerged out of the blue and everyone's going, oh my gosh, we had no idea. I mean, this is this has been the way that he's behaved every step of the way, and yet he's in the Oval Office. Right. And what we're talking about today, obviously, by this point, by the time you're hearing this show, you're well aware of what Donald Trump tweeted this morning. And I know we're going to get to uh, we're going to get to healthcare. We're going to get to Trump, Russia, stupid Watergate here in a, in a few seconds. But I mean, we have to talk about this because this fits into the entire spectrum of things we've been saying about Donald Trump since the very beginning about his personality, about his erratic behavior, about his unfitness to actually be the leader of anything. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the worst of the worst <laughs> of the worst kind of troll that you've ever possibly encountered. And now he's president of the United States. And what we're talking about, of course, is, is what he tweeted at Mika Brzezinski this morning. He wrote here on Twitter this morning, I heard poorly rated Morning Joe speaks badly of me, in parentheses, don't watch anymore. I'm sure. I'm sure he doesn't watch. I'm sure he doesn't watch Morning Joe ever at all because he's because because Donald Trump hates cable news. Donald Trump never watches cable news. You know he watches all of them. There would be nothing that sparked him if he wasn't watching. That's exactly. Like he's tr- he's triggered by it. It's so right. obvious. He's not watching cartoons and being like, oh, I'm gonna tweet something nasty at Morning Joe. Yeah, exactly. He's obviously watching the show while he thinks of this. So he says here. He continues on. Then how come low IQ Q, Crazy Mika, along with Psycho Joe, came to Mar-a-Lago. Now we're into a new tweet, which was tweeted five minutes after the first part, by the way, which I'm not sure how that works. Well, I was uh, going to say he probably needed to take a poo, and he took the phone with him to the bathroom. Right. So this is the time he required to uh, wash his hands after taking a dump. Or he finished it on the on the toilet. Yeah, well, that's what I, yeah. Maybe that's true too. Because usually this is like his six o'clock tweet. That's his six o'clock pooper tweet. That's what right. He tweets. We have his- a word for it. We actually came up with a word. I have to I have to give my significant other credit for okay. this. Okay, he's going to kill me for sharing this. <laughs> we could, we call it twooping. Uh, twooping, yes, of course. Yes. When you're when you're tweeting from the bathroom, right? He calls it. He goes, I, 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 I'll, "I'll fess up to it." He's like, "Are you twooping again?" <laughs> right. Yep. Oh, that's horrible. It's so early. I just admitted to that. Yes. Are yeah. you twooping again? Yeah, he was totally twooping this morning, and yes. uh, he continues on here while twooping. To say, uh, uh, then how come low IQ Crazy Mika, along with Psycho Joe, came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me? She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no. God damn it. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. This... I don't even know what to say about this. If I'm not mistaken, there are pictures. Do you remember? I mean, I don't know if this is the occasion he was talking about, but I think this was the dust-up when they went there to allegedly interview him. And remember there was a big dust-up over why they were there and should they have been there in the first place? But there were pictures. I mean, that's how we knew they were there because there were pictures of them hanging out at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, she looked perfectly fine in every photograph I saw. So... I mean, not that he's one to counter photographic evidence <clears throat> inauguration, but from what I understand, because <laughs> that was a big deal. If yeah, I remember yeah. correctly, if we're talking about the same thing, well, there was right, like, right. why are they there? Why are they? Why are they there socializing? And they said, no, we were just there to interview him. And then there were pictures, and she was perfectly fine. Right, of course, yeah. And I've seen the pictures. The pictures are flying around Twitter right now. And there's no... Mika Brzezinski isn't wearing bandages, and there's no blood in sight. So there's not even any truth to the fact that maybe she had a facelift before going to Mar-a-Lago. Much less is bleeding from it, as she she and and, and Morning Joe's, uh, Joe Scarborough, are calling. All women bleed from, you know, God knows where. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, first of all, being made up, this is, of course, a big lie. He's lying about Mika Brzezinski because, I mean, there's, again, no evidence that she had any work done uh, prior to going. I don't know if, if she's had any work done. I can't really tell. But then it's just, on top of that, she, 
what what did did Joe Scarborough call up and say? Oh, listen, Donald, uh, Mika Brzezinski, Brzezinski's right here. We're both naked, lying about, but she's bleeding. Do you mind? <laughs> do, do, you, do you mind if we come down to Mar-a-Lago? Then we can lay in bed and bleed together in Mar-a-Lago. And, and what I mean is that the, is that the phone call that Donald Trump is imagining in his addled, worm-ridden brain? Is that is that's what's going on in Donald Trump's head? Do you know how disturbed you have to be? To not only come up with these scenarios, but then to publicize them. I mean, he's not well. No, he's Let's not. Let's just say that. Like, he's not well. This is not a sane, well human being. And I know that there's an opportunity to remove someone from office if we think that they're incapacitated. Like, this to me, I mean, not that this is any worse than anything he said before, but now that he's in the Oval Office and he's president and this is the stuff that's coming out, like... I, I mean, if there isn't a call to take a serious look at his mental wellness, I, I, now's the time. Well, this is not okay. Of course it's not. And, and, uh, but, I mean, the thing, the thought that keeps going through my head over and over again, ever since I, I woke up and immediately read this tweet, which is very, very unhealthy, by the way. If you're waking up and immediately reading Donald Trump's tweet, I do not recommend that. It is not a good way to start your day. And I know millions of people are starting their day that way. But yeah, I don't follow him. I follow people who follow him. So I get all the reaction to whatever madness he's tweeted out. So that's yeah. how I start my day. And of course, I, I directly follow him. So, you know, but I, I find it a little bit therapeutic to actually respond to him, sure. even though I know that he's not reading but but nevertheless i mean this is one of those things where uh, he's gonna get away with it again he's gonna get away with it again there mm-hmm. there of course everyone is condemning him lindsey graham was out ben sass was out there on twitter condemning donald trump but then of course they're gonna turn around and they're gonna vote for his entire twisted agenda and mm-hmm. and people like lindsey graham and, and we're gonna talk about this a little bit later in terms of trump russia uh, Lindsey Graham is, of course, going to sign letters with Chuck Grassley in which they're requesting documents that would directly interfere with the special counsel's <laughs> prosecution of Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, thoughts and, and, and prayers. It's the thoughts and prayers yeah, the contingent. Pra- exactly. It's meaningless scolding that's going to happen for the next 12 hours, and then it's just going to go away, and it's gonna, we're going to move on to the next thing. But God damn it, at some point, enough is enough. I mean, how many in- episodes of this are we going to have to endure as a nation where the president of the United States is acting like a four-year-old bully in, in the face of the entire world? Yeah. I mean, this is, the, this is the thing I can't get beyond, that there are 62 million people who walked into a voting booth, walked into 62 million voting booths last fall and pulled the lever for Donald Trump saying, you know, this guy... Even with all of his behavior, even after he mocked a disabled man, after he said that that John McCain was a coward because he got caught, after he uh, admitted to accosting women and sexually assaulting women on videotape to Billy Bush, even after all of that, and, and of course all of the little things in between, people still walked into a voting booth and said, yeah, this guy's pretty good. I think this guy can be. I think this guy can be the leader of the free world. This is perfectly adequate behavior for someone who is representing the entire country on the world stage. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, I mean it's it's the lowest common denominator, right. and I'm sorry, but there's no excuse for it. I, no. I just you know now I I, I, I am, I'm almost speechless. I'm almost speechless because I'm at the point yeah, where there's there's no leeway here. Yeah. There well, never yeah. was, but as it goes on, what about that, like, I'll be so presidential, you won't even recognize me. <laughs> Your head will explode. Yeah, it's all of that. I mean, it's. I understand the, because I'm the same way too, obviously. The stuff like this, when it comes down, you don't know what to say because you feel like you're just shouting into the wind and it doesn't even matter because he's going to continue to act like this. And the people who hold the levers of power in Washington, D.C. aren't going to hold him accountable. They're not going to hold his feet to the fire, although there is some scuttlebutt there is some talk happening i'm using old-timey colloquialisms today <laughs> like, scu- like scuttlebutt, scuttlebutt. i it's like it scuttlebutt thursday uh so th- there is some talk about the 25th amendment this morning but of course that's all going to go away that's going to all going to end when he delivers the next ridiculous tweet or the next tennis ball in the tennis ball machine fires at our faces and we have to deal with a whole other uh batch of devilry from donald trump 
Did just, you mention tennis on purpose? Did you see the meme going around with the photographs yeah, of Sean Pike? Yes. If you guys haven't seen this, I got really upset because a friend of mine sent it to me, and I looked through it, and I was like, I, I can't unsee this. No, <laughs> I know. This is, not, this is not okay. Don't send me pictures of fat Donald Trump in, in tennis whites. Like, yes. It's just not, that's not fair. That's not a fair image to put in my head. The worst part about that, Jackie, is, of course, that you can see his underwear <laughs> through the shorts. And you know what? This is something that I will never... I mean, uh, here's me wishing for the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Can can I please erase the image from my brain of Donald Trump's fat ass and his tidy whities poking through his ridiculous tennis shorts and his yeah. big celluloid flesh... He looks like a big... You know, he looks like a bag of sourdough shoved into <laughs> white polyester, you know, with, a, yeah. with Barney Rubble hair. And I appreciate the hypocrisy of criticizing someone's appearance based on what's happening <laughs> no, now on well, Twitter. I get that. Like, that's not beyond me. But frankly, like, when it comes to Donald Trump at this point, I'm done. Like, yeah. I just, there, there is no, there's no leeway on this one anymore. Like, he's just a disgusting human being inside and out. Right. And, 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 you know, those images to me, it's like, you know, he, you can't throw stones in glass houses. And, and this is a man who does nothing but attack other people for the mm. physicality. So when something like this goes around, it's like, all right, well, it's a cheap shot, but still, you got to you gotta well, take a shot because it feels good. Yeah, it just does. It just feels a little, a little bit better inside to say, look, you know, this is the man who's criticizing other people and look what he's got out there in the Ethernet. So, yeah, and as much as I'd like it to be true, I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking to President Jackie Schechner and I'm not Vice President Bob Seska. Exactly. We're, we're not in positions of national and worldwide leadership. You know, if I were, like, healthcare for all. That's exactly right. <laughs> right, of course. So so this all was precipitated by the fact that Joe and Mika got on the show this morning, and like they've been doing, they, they were trolling Donald Trump, and they were, uh, they were talking about how the Medicaid part of Trump care uh, is taking money from the poor and giving it to the rich, which is ridiculous. And so they proceeded to just completely cut down Donald Trump. Here's a little bit of uh, Morning Joe this morning. And this is why Donald Trump, or this is what uh, actually triggered Donald Trump to, to tweet about me. Seeing the problem and transferring at a time when the rich are richer and the poor are getting How poorer long have we been here? at a yeah. faster rate than ever before in our nation's history. This is the point where the Republicans say, hey, we got a great idea. We're going to cut a trillion dollars in benefits from the poorest Americans, and we're going to give it to the wealthiest Americans. And this is the president who is going to change Washington. What a populist. Oh, way to stand up. The Goldman Sachs, Mr. <laughs> president. We're really proud of you, buddy. Good way on, to yeah. go. Why don't you get another hey, Time you're Magazine a populist. Cover. Okay. Oh, did you see his Time Magazine? Yes, it was so hot. By the way, many you guys of them. See They're in his country clubs. Yeah. Again. So you yeah. pay lots get of money to again. go to Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I thought that might work out better, but it's everyone talking at once, which is basically like most five-minute segments. From yeah, I was going to say every cable news show ever now. <laughs> right. So they go on and on, and Mika says something about his hands being so teeny. She said, his hands are teensy. And, yeah, uh, I don't want to spend much time on the Time Magazine cover, but yeah. I mean, it is like kind of the joke gift you get from a bar mitzvah. It, right? re- like, oh my God, it is. It's like something you go to King's Dominion in, in Virginia or any amusement park and there's like a kiosk where you can get your, your face on a on magazine. Sports, yeah, like Bobby holding a bat on the cover of Sports <laughs> Illustrated. That's right. Trump went to Bush Gardens and had his face <laughs> put on a Time Magazine. Wow, this is, I've, got, I've got the greatest Time Magazine cover. Look at this Time Magazine. It's the it was wonderful. Very, very terrific Time Magazine cover. I'm going to give it to everybody. I'm going to put it everywhere. We're have this framed, and everyone's going to think I'm very, 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 very Shut important. the hell up. You can't course. claim it was a joke when it's in <laughs> five-plus properties. Right. Right? Like, somebody printed that up and then replicated it. So, uh, meanwhile... And then framed it and hung it in five properties. Yeah. I mean, that, I don't know if they were intending to pass it off as real or as a novelty or what, but... Yeah, evidently David Farenthold from the New York Times is on top of it with his uh, with his notebook and his notebook. I love that his lists of places. It's hang- I know it was at least five, but I think he's probably found more at this point. Right, right. Meanwhile, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Anderson, Burford, oh, Wakeman, Howell responded to uh, <laughs> responded to uh, the uh, the whole controversy this morning with. She the, makes the Sean Spicer sympathetic. Yeah, totally. I mean, here she said, uh, "Quote: Look, 
Look, I don't think the president's ever been someone who gets attacked and doesn't push back. There have been an outrageous number of personal attacks, not just to him, but to, frankly, everyone around him. People on that show have personally attacked me many times. This is a president who fights fire with fire, Sanders said on Fox News, and certainly will not be allowed to be bullied by liberal media or liberal elites with the media or Hollywood or anyone else. That's a sentence, apparently. Uh, I've seen far worse th- things coming out of that show. Again, directed not just at the president, but everyone around him. Personal attacks, mean, hateful attacks. Again, this president is not going to sit back and not push back and fight fire with fire. That's exactly what he did today. You know what? The president isn't supposed to do that. No. That's what they, I mean, that's what they don't understand. That's what none of Trump supporters understand. That this is not this is not how the president be. You behave like this when you're private citizen Donald Trump. When you're a reality show B-list celebrity, this is how you can behave on Twitter. But there is a special kind of decorum that comes along with being president of the United States that that forbids speaking like this. I mean, have you seen any other president? speaking publicly about a morning television show host the way Donald Trump has today? And the answer, of course, is no. No, so, so the lack of dignity is embarrassing, not only internally, but externally. I mean, the rest of the world sees this. It's humiliating. It's, and, it's, it's awful. And it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed. I mean, I feel like every day we need to put out this mass tweet that says, dear rest of the world, we're really sorry. Like, no. I didn't vote for him. We know this is terrible. Like, ignore everything he says. It's, it's awful. Yeah. And then uh, Mika tweeted out a picture of a, of a Cheerios box that has, like, it says little hands on the, on the back so she got another dig in on, on Donald Trump. But I mean, Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, by the way, you know, none of the Trumps have had plastic surgery of any kind. So it's like completely uh, above boards for them to make mention of Mika. Of course, there have been many, many Trumps. I mean, just looking at Trump and his kids, they have all had some form of cosmetic surgery. Donald Trump famously had that uh, skin flap thing, hair plug thing done to his head, which was... If you believe Ivana Trump in, in her tell-all book, it was horribly botched, forcing Donald Trump to actually lash out and beat up Ivana Trump. I want to take a moment to appreciate Eric Trump's new Hitler Youth hairstyle. Oh, yes. Thank you for mentioning <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's uh, that's straight from the alt-right uh, uh, fashion book, isn't it? I mean, just... That was terrible. I got a, I got a little bit of blowback on Twitter for that one, but come on. Yeah. I mean, no Check matter... Check out a history book. I mean, look at that. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> can, can you take a little more off the sides and then... It, it's not Hitler-y enough for me. Can you, can you flip enough. it over? And I mean... Come on, dude. Right. And no matter what he gets, no matter how he styles his hair, it's never going to cover up those gums. I'm, t- I'm sorry. <laughs> it's never going <laughs> to. They just gonna look evil. The gums. They just look evil, right? They there's are. like, yeah. it, there's, there's just an evil emanating. And that may just be the evil inside, like, you know, radiating out. Like when there's a not nice person and then it shows on the outside. Like that could be what's going on there. Because did you see the, uh, the Ivanka Trump, I don't like to get involved in politics? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good then, one too. And then I also saw that Ivanka Trump last week said something to the effect of how she's t- she's tired of the negative, nasty tone in Washington. Oh gosh, exhausting! It's right. so exhausting for her. I know, but maybe she was just bleeding effusively from some orifice in her body that that forced her to say something so outrageous. Maybe that's what Donald Trump's excuse would be, yeah, because yeah. certainly uh, Donald Trump's not paying attention. <laughs> To his own daughters, uh, or for that matter, his own wife, who is evidently supposed to be crusading against bullying. Yeah, how'd that go? How's, yeah. that, how's that campaign coming along? Oh, my God. Well, see, here's some, uh, some reaction. It's coming from inside the house, Melania. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, my God. Here's some uh, reaction from around the Internet uh, okay. to, to Donald Trump's tweets today. Mark Kornblau wrote, I never imagined a day when I would think to myself, quote, it is beneath my dignity to respond to the president of the United States. Mark Kornblau from MSNBC. Uh, and then, as I said before, Mika Brzezinski tweeted out a picture of a Cheerios box where on the back it said, made for little hands. And then, of course, a little baby grabbing a, a Cheerios. Uh, Ruth Malone writes, criminy. It's midday, midweek, and he's tweeting about a facelift. How long are Speaker Ryan and Senate Majority Leader going to run this bad reality show? Uh, Glenn Thrush tweeted a quick reaction to GOP Hill staffers to Trump attack on Mika. How does this help pass health care when he needs Murkowski and Collins? That's a really good point. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is going to play really well with uh, <laughs> Senators Murkowski and Collins, isn't it? 
I, I really would like to believe that there will be some negative impact with, beyond just the thoughts and prayers. Uh, Head Johnson tweets, and this is, uh, I guess, a real person. When the president uses valuable presidential time to publicly trash on someone about a, a past facelift, which maybe didn't even happen. That's the other thing about this. Who knows if she actually had a facelift? And who cares? Judd Legum writes here on Twitter, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Ask not what your country can do for you. She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no. So I guess that's putting, <laughs> putting Donald Trump's remarks in the spectrum of presidential, uh, famous presidential lines. Uh, Michael Shearer writes, I'm waiting for the debate over whether menstrual blood insults or face, uh, facelift blood insults are more sexist. Oh, I think I think the menstrual blood insults are more sexist. I think but, so, yeah, too. But, uh, you know, there you go. Uh, let's see. Robert Caruso says here, as a practical matter, I spent my teenage years in and around Los Angeles, and I have never seen someone bleeding after a facelift. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's pretty true. Point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Well, I think that's it. I think that's it. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this because it's just so... It's and so we'll be on horrendous. to a new outrage by tomorrow. So. Yeah, exactly. And hmm. all right. So uh, this is the your superficial, undignified toddler president, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Uh, okay, so let's move on. Let's get into healthcare because, of course, Jackie, you're a healthcare expert, and I've been wanting to talk to you about this ever since uh, the uh, the legislation dropped last Friday. And uh, let's get into this uh, this Trump care legislation. Of course, we have to talk about the fact that. Uh, there have been <laughs> numerous <laughs> lies spreading around the internet uh, today from the White House, uh, or over the, the past couple of days, in fact, uh, from the White House. The first one is Donald Trump, of course, tweeted a misleading Medicaid chart today. Oh, wait, is this from today? This is actually yesterday, yesterday at 5.30 p.m. Donald Trump tweeted a chart showing federal dollars spent on Medicaid. And he tweeted here, Democrats purposely misstated Medicaid under new Senate bill. Actually goes up, he said. The spending actually goes up. What? And he shows this chart. As I said, it's federal dollars spent on Medicaid. And it shows, of course, this line graph moving up and up and up over time since the beginning of Medicaid in the 60s. And then it gets to today. And then at that point... It keeps going up. Today, right now, Medicaid spending is at $389 billion in 20, 2017. And then this chart continues to show it uh, at $458 billion in 2026. Spending increase under the BCRA, which is the uh, Better Care Reconciliation Act. Um, this is so tremendously misleading. Uh, there are people completely debunking this left and right. And, and I'm sure, Jackie, as you know... Uh, Medicaid spending does continue to go up in comparison to right now. Uh, but the problem is, is that according to the Senate bill, Medicaid spending is capped over time. So Medicaid spending cannot keep up with the increase in population and the increase in number of people actually getting onto Medicaid. So you can't cover people with Medicaid spending that is slowly capped over time. In other words, Donald Trump is showing here in this stupid fucking chart that Medicaid gets up to uh, $458 billion in 2026. You know where it would be without the Trump care bill by 2026? It would be at $616 billion, which is more. That's $158 billion more. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know what's, what's exhausting about all of this is that this is not a health care bill. Right. Like this, this, I mean, the House bill was atrocious. The Senate bill is even worse. But the idea behind this is that Donald Trump and the Republicans want a political win. They want to be able to say, we said we were going to repeal and replace and we repealed and replaced. Now let's move on. Yeah. But they're not looking at healthcare in this country and trying to find a solution. Right. They're not trying to find a way to improve upon our health care system or fix our health care system or take care of people who need it. They're just trying to notch a win and get on to the next thing as yep. if this is just all a big game. Yep. And that's what's so disgusting about this is because you're talking about one-sixth of the economy, 17% of our GDP. We're talking about millions and millions of lives. We're talking about access to health care in this country. 
we're talking about taking care of each other, which is something that we've done as a nation uh, since its inception. And you're talking about a handful of rich white men in Congress uh, who are saying, let's just get this off our plate mm-hmm. so we can move on to the next thing. Yeah. And it's 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 disgusting. It's it's painful to watch. Um, and the fact that there's now going to be potentially some tinkering around the edges that might get them to the vote count they need. Oh, God. It's hurtful. I mean, this is this is millions and millions of people's lives on the line. And we're not talking about, like, the poorest among us. We're talking about poor people. We're talking about working class, middle-income people. We're talking about people who make, you know, just over the amount to qualify for subsidies. I mean, it's most Americans. Are, we're talking about people with parents who are in long-term care. Mm-hmm. You're talking about end-of-life care. You're talking about chronic disease. I mean, this is a large portion of our nation that's going to be impacted by this deadly legislation, and these guys don't care. They just don't care. No, absolutely not. And I don't think it's ideologically possible for conservatives, I would qualify this, modern conservatives, to Mm -hmm. pass affordable universal health care. It is ideologically impossible for them to do that. That is why this legislation will never really be a replacement. This is what we're talking about here is a repeal of big chunks of Obamacare. They can't replace it because there is no there is no ideological means for conservatives to actually replace Obamacare, coming up with something that is a lateral move from Obamacare, an alternative that, that's a on good equal point. terms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to get into that in, in a little more detail after right, right after we talk about Harry's razors here. Uh because this is a really important thing that I think very few people are talking about in a realistic sense, insofar as it's just not going to happen. They just can't. Oh, I thought you meant Harry's razor. Well, yeah. Well, that's it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, but, I mean, there's 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 that, too. So um, You know, I, I, I was talking about Harry's razors with somebody over the weekend, and we were talking about how they were a sponsor of the show. Yep. And the fact that so many of my girlfriends will, like, steal their boyfriend's razors or their husband's razors because they're just better sometimes, right? Like, yeah. there's this whole thing of shrink it and pink it and then charge <laughs> more for it. Right, So, right. you know, we buy these, like, crazy women razors, uh, which are more expensive and aren't necessarily any better. Yeah, and I have heard from many women who actually use their Harry's razors, you know, their, their boyfriend or their husband's Harry's razors, or they get Harry's razors for themselves and use it for their legs and their armpits and whatever else they need to uh, they need to groom and shave. But it's, right. I mean, everyone's looking for the same thing, a smooth, clean shave from a blade that feels expensive, but comes straight to our doors at half the cost of the big name brands. That's what I personally love about shaving with products from Harry's, from the hefty balanced handle that fits in your hand to the precision-engineered five-blade cartridges that come with a trimmer blade, a lubricating strip, and a travel cover, to Harry's rich, lathering shave gel. It all began when two ordinary guys named Jeff and Andy got tired of uh, getting ripped off on blade prices. One big company in particular relentlessly jacked up their prices and made a fortune while we all ended up spending a fortune. Jeff and Andy wanted to fix shaving, so they started by cutting out the middlemen. They bought their own factory, one that's been making blades for over a century, so now they can ship top-quality blades directly to you, and it doesn't matter whether you're a guy or a girl or a man or a woman or whoever. If you have to shave, Harry's razors are for you. The result, quality products at your door for half of what you've been paying, half. And that's the Harry's story. Become a part of it. Jeff and Andy are so confident that you love their products, they want you to go to harrys.com right now to try their new shave set for free. That's a $13 value, but all you do is pay the shipping. Sign up at harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. And because you listen to this show, Jeff and Andy will even throw in a post-shave bomb. Yes, it's the mother of all bombs. Uh, but only if you log on to harrys.com slash B-O-B-C. Do it now. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yeah, welcome back to the show today. Jackie Schechner is here, healthcare expert extraordinaire. You can find her work at JackieSchechner.com. And oh boy, we were talking about something off the air that we can't talk about on the air. But it's going to be big, and Jackie's a part of it. 
big, big, big stuff coming yes. up from Jackie Sheckers. As soon as I can officially announce, I will. Right. I'm very excited. And uh, as Rachel Maddow likes to say, watch this space. Okay, so here's the thing. Republicans are incapable of doing what they're trying to do, which is why this is never going to be a replacement for Obamacare. What they're doing is they're just taking giant chunks out of Obamacare. This is just a version of an Obamacare repeal bill. And anyone who says, and including the President of the United States, who continues to go around saying that this is great, this is fantastic healthcare, it's very, very fantastic, it's the greatest thing, it's going to be big surprises coming, it's going to be so, it's a, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, I want to go to sleep, and I want to eat some chicken, and then go to sleep, <laughs> and take a nap, because I'm so tired of this. I want to be the wife, I want to be the wife on Fox and Friends, sitting between the gorgeous, gorgeous Steve Ducey and the smart as hell Brian Kilmeade. I said, China. Sorry, I just so, I occasionally do that. That's, that's, I'm just going, I'm going crazy. I apologize. I, uh, I'm, I'm just losing my mind because of Donald Trump. So uh, I end up lapsing into doing that voice just, just randomly whenever. Uh, okay, so yeah, so... They they can't do it because it's impossible for them to do it. It is yeah. it is ideologically impossible because what does it require, uh, Jackie, to cover everyone in the United States with affordable health care with quality health care? Besides compassion? <laughs> yes, besides compassion. Human decency? Human decency, that too. Uh, but of course it requires federal spending to help lower income people afford health insurance. And then it also requires regulations. And if it, and if it actually, if it requires additional spending, then you're going to have to figure out how to pay for that spending because of the PAYGO legislation that was signed by Barack Obama, which means that any piece of legislation coming out of Congress has to be paid for by law. So in order to pay for things like health care, they have to raise taxes on the people who can afford to have their taxes raised, which are the rich people. Obamacare is based on this principle. You tax rich people in order to pay for health care coverage for lower income people. Trump care, on the other hand, does the exact opposite. It cuts health care for lower income people so that rich people can get a tax break. It moves, this is like Joe Scarborough was saying this morning, it moves money from the poor and gives it to the rich, which is exactly the opposite of what it should be doing. And that's why 22 million people are going to lose health care because of this bill. 15 million people next year alone. Do you know what my dream is? My dream would be... To what is take your dream? Tell me about your dream. I have a dream. <laughs> my, my dream is to take this conversation out of the partisan political arena mm-hmm. and have it in a very kind of calm, reasonable way. Because what yeah. I found along the way in working for healthcare reform is that cancer doesn't ask you your political affiliation, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, your your illness doesn't need to know how you vote, right? This happens to everybody. This is just a basic human condition, right? We're all going to get sick at some point. We're all going to have some sort of illness or accident. It's the nature of being human. And only when we come face-to-face with that mortality and we come face-to-face with the reality of our healthcare system, do people start to kind of, like, come to Jesus? You know, they start to get it. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have anything to do with your political affiliation. It just has to do with your experience with the healthcare system in this country. I say everybody loves their health insurance until they need to use it. And this happens very often where people are like, I have great health insurance. I don't know what you mean. And then they get sick and they get a bill and they're like, but I thought that was covered. And it's like, well, no, your hospital was in network, but your anesthesiologist, not so much. Like it happens to everybody. We all are victims of this. Like you call the insurance company and you try to get somebody on the phone and you get stuck in this phone tree and then it hangs up on you. That's intentional like the insurance companies have ways to manipulate the process so that they pay out is they're hoping that you'll give up yeah right so there's all of these mechanisms in place and i you know i could do an entire show week in and week out about this there's all of these mechanisms in place to separate you from your money within our medical industrial complex yes so if we all banded together and said look we need a solution to this that that helps all of us and this is not republican or democrat it's just human we might be able to find a solution this has just gotten so buried in the partisan rancor that we're not taking it out of that arena and having these 
conversations that we need to have. Let's get doctors. Let's get nurses. Let's get administrators. Let's get policy experts and economists. Like, let's get patients and advocacy groups, everybody together, and figure out how to improve upon our system. Yep. And instead, it's 13 rich white men in a room banging out legislation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? And then in addition to that, Jackie, what do you think of this uh, this move lately to uh, for, uh, by the Republicans to try to bring in Democrats into the conversation? If, if this current piece of legislation, if they're not able to resuscitate this before the recess, there's been talk that they're going to try to do a bipartisan piece of legislation. With well, Democrats. it's so disingenuous. No, it's so disingenuous yeah. because what's happened is the Republicans have turned around, Trump and the Republicans have turned around and said the Democrats don't want in, they don't want to help. Right. And that's not what was said. The Democrats said if you're going to repeal the Affordable Care Act, we don't want any part of that. We're happy to sit in and have a conversation about improving on the law. Yes. We're happy to have a conversation about taking what's working in the system now and making it better. That is a conversation we are more than willing to have. But if you're going to sit down and and completely undo all of the progress we've made, we can't in good faith be a part of that. And the Republicans are turning around and saying, Democrats don't want to help. We've tried. They're obstructionists. They don't want to help. That's not true. Right. It's just categorically not true true right and that's the frustration and so now they're saying well you know maybe we need to sit down and talk to them but but they don't want to talk to them if they want to build on what's in place they're only interested in democrats signing on to any kind of repeal and the democrats aren't going to do that because they know that the progress we made is really valuable and you know the dumb thing politically in all of this is the trump white house is obviously known for its bullshit and its mendacity and uh, and and pitching things that don't actually exist. So what I'm wondering here is why can't they just go to and I'm talking about the White House along with uh, uh, Republican leadership in the Senate and maybe for that matter in the House. Why can't they just go to the, all the Republicans who sabotaged the Affordable Care Act, sabotaged the marketplaces with amendments mm-hmm. and things like that, uh, and say? You know, what did you do? What was that that you did again? What did you do to that? I mean, because what we want to do is we want to fix premiums and we want to fix the marketplaces so more insurers will climb on board the uh, individual marketplace. What did you do to screw things up? Because what we'll do is we'll take those things away. And then mm-hmm. what we'll do is we'll call that piece of legislation Trump Care and mm-hmm. say, look, we fixed it. It's a miracle. And, and, and that's all they need to do. Why can't they do that? It seems to me as if that's a no-brainer to just fix the things that the Republicans used to screw up Obamacare in the first place and, and to just call just slap the Trump care label because on that. Because that would be admitting that there was some good within the Affordable Care Act. And I, I'm a broken record on this. I do it on, on Twitter, you know, at, at least once a week, if not more often now, and I'll I'll say it here. Obamacare is not a thing. It's not a health insurance yeah. plan. You can't people aren't going to the doctor and getting rejected because of their Obamacare card, which I <laughs> right. hear on, <laughs> their on the news. Card. Like, it's not it, guys. Obamacare is a nickname for the Affordable Care Act, which is a huge law that does a lot of really good things for people, including not allowing insurance companies to reject you for pre-existing conditions, making sure that insurance companies have to spend at least 80% of your premiums on actual medical care, making sure that there's no lifetime caps, which means you don't hit a limit and then you're on your own. I mean, this law is so inclusive of so many cool things. It gets rid of waste, fraud, and abuse in in the Medicare system, and that's mm-hmm. a, a, one way that we save a lot of money. I mean, there's a there's a ton of cool stuff that this law does that really protects people. And when you talk about repealing Obamacare, you're talking about getting rid of all of these things. Yep. And in fact, what people aren't talking about is that there is in, in the Senate legislation, Jackie, as, as you know, there's. There's no language uh, rescinding the protections for people with pre-existing conditions. There's mm-hmm. no language about that. And of course, there is in the House. They have waivers for which, of course, the red states would all use. Red state governors would all use those waivers and and opt out of covering pre-existing conditions. But this legislation doesn't necessarily do it. What it does is it does a backdoor ban on people with pre-existing conditions because, as you said, it adds those annual limits and the lifetime limits on coverage, which means if you have a pre-existing condition and you buy your health insurance each year as you normally do, uh, you'll be allowed to buy your health insurance, but you might not get full 
coverage for the money that you're paying. In other words, if you're if you have some sort of uh, uh, cancer treatment that you're going through, or if you've been in a in a, a catastrophic accident and you need ongoing uh, physical therapy and things like that to recover from these injuries. It could be entirely possible that your coverage, your insurance coverage, would run out in, say, for example, the beginning of August or right. September or something like that, leaving you with several months of of health insurance bills or healthcare bills stacking up that you cannot pay, that you have to then pay out of pocket or go without. It doesn't even have to be that extreme. That's the crazy part, right? Pre-existing conditions like... Let's say, for example, so I got strep throat a couple of weeks ago, which mm-hmm. is disgusting and terrible, right? But <laughs> So gross. disgusting. It's, it's so gross. Anyway, I got strep throat, right? So let's say I have an insurance policy that says you have a history of getting strep throat, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to cover you on this policy, but you've got to carve out for anything that's like strep throat, like throat related, right? Yep. Like, So, you know, they, they turn around and they go, well, you have a history of this in your past. So anything that has to do with that, you, you can't. So let's say I get a cough or I get, right? They'll find a way to go back and say, well, we don't cover anything that's related to throat conditions. Like that, that's what they do is they find <laughs> something in your past yep. and they extrapolate from that that you've got a pre-existing condition that they're not going to cover because the insurance companies have one job. They have one job and that's to make as much money as humanly possible for their shareholders. Yep, that's exactly. their job. They're not, they're not in it to keep you healthy. They're not in it to make sure you get the care you need. They're not in it to cover you from head to toe. Like They're just in it to make money for their shareholders. That's their legal obligation. Yep, exactly. So they're going to find any way they can to avoid paying for care you need. And so they'll find some pre-existing condition that you didn't think was a big deal, and yeah. they'll find a way to avoid covering it. That's what pre-exist. There's not like a major master list of pre-existing conditions somewhere. And the right. insurance companies decide this amongst themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is that uh, uh, what all the focus that's being paid on the cuts to Medicaid, which are of course catastrophic, and that is the number one, that is enemy number one in Trump care in all of this. But I think what it does is also ends up downplaying the fact that they're basically handing back to the states the ability to opt out of covering essential health benefits. And that's a huge, huge deal because you roll back those regulations, then what you're doing is you're making, you're basically putting us back to pre-2010 healthcare, which means all kinds of opportunities for health insurance companies to completely screw you over and force you to pay for things that you didn't have to pay for before and forcing you to maybe not have coverage for things that you were expecting to have coverage for. Mm-hmm. And, and these are all consumer protections. I, in fact, I like to, I don't necessarily call them essential health benefits. I call them consumer protections because that's exactly what they are. They're protecting consumers from being screwed and gouged by health insurance companies. One of my favorite arguments is when people turn around and say, like, I loved, I had, I had great insurance before. <laughs> yeah. Well, if your plan was canceled when the yeah. Affordable Care Act went into place, it's because it didn't cover basics. Yeah. Right. The law said that any decent insurance plan had to cover a set of basics. That's the essential health benefits. Yep. If your plan didn't meet those standards, it got canceled. So you may have thought you had great insurance, but that plan got wiped out because it didn't meet the minimum standards for decent coverage. That's right. So what's going to happen now when you get rid of those essential health benefits and, and however, you know, your, your consumer protections, when you get rid of those, you may get a cheap plan. Like yep. you may find a plan that's a hundred bucks a month, but it covers nothing. Right, right. And, and you're going to find that out when you get sick. Exactly. And even if you have employer-based coverage, that can happen to you. That's a, the essential health benefits, the consumer protections in Obamacare don't just extend to the people who have signed up for insurance through the Obamacare marketplaces. Right, it covers market. Yeah, it, it covers everybody, whether they have employer-based coverage or not. And that and this is what I think so many people don't understand, especially Trump supporters, who mm-hmm. I, I keep repeating are going to be screwed most by this oh. legislation. Uh, they just don't understand that this is something that's not for a special class of people, that these consumer protections extend to literally everybody who has health care coverage, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of where it comes from. Uh, this morning, Vox.com posted this staggering article. In fact, I, I, I apologize. It was not today. It was yesterday that this article went up, in which they went through and they calculated uh, and, and, and reported on estimates in terms of how many people will actually end up dying 
because of the Senate Republican Trump care bill. So the Congressional Budget Office projects that if the Senate Republicans health care bill becomes law, 14 million Americans will lose their health insurance in 2018 alone. And by 2026, 22 million will lose coverage. Drawing on that work, we estimate that if the Senate bill becomes law, 22,900 excess deaths will occur in 2020. Just in time for uh, the re-election campaign of Donald J. Trump. And the figure will grow over time. 26,500 extra deaths will take place in 2026. Over the next decade, we estimate that a total of 208,500 unnecessary deaths will occur if the law is passed. Again, that's 208,500 unnecessary deaths will occur if this law is passed. We also calculate anticipated additional deaths state by state using state-level coverage losses for the year 2026. The predicted excess deaths by state range from 30 deaths in North Dakota to 2,992 deaths in California in 2026 alone. That is un-effing believable. And if you watch Fox News Channel, they think this is hilarious. They think this is outstandingly funny. Fox and Friends were laughing about this on on Monday. It's so offensive and so disgusting. And, and, you know, I was was talking to Fugel saying on on the air the other day about this, and they were saying, you know, that the Senate bill is not going to make it. It's not going to make it. And I said, look, we thought that about the house bill. And then there were all these concessions and and it passed. Right. So I'm not confident that this isn't, they're not going to try and shove this through, but what I'm starting to see, and this is what's so upsetting is like they added as of last night, from what I read, they added um, more money for opioid addiction to combat opioid addiction. Right. That was one of the small concessions. And then the other one, and this is, this is laughable. (laughs) I know was um, you, they added a provision where you can use money from your health savings account to pay your premiums. Now, <sighs> let me explain real quickly why this is absurd. Ugh. Health savings accounts are totally useless. They're tax shelters for the rich. Yeah, they've, ne- they've never worked. Everywhere no, they've been tried, they don't. And the idea is you can put money aside tax-free, and you can use that for medication or medical medical uh, device, whatever it is they say you can use it for, right? There's some limitations on what you can use it for. Right. So what they're saying is that this tax-free money that you can put aside in an account, you can now, according to this provision, you'd be able to use that to pay your premiums. Well, one, health savings accounts are attached to high deductible plans. Yep. Right? So you already have a crappy high deductible plan. So your premium may be low. You may pay a couple hundred bucks a month, but you've got a very high deductible because that's where health savings accounts come into play. They're attached to high deductible plans. The second point I need to make is that if you're having trouble paying your health insurance premiums, you definitely don't have money put aside in a tax-free account. Yeah. That's, That's exactly the absurdity right. of it. Like nobody's saying, hey, I've got a little extra money. I'm going to put this aside in my HSA and it's going to sit there for a rainy day, but I can't afford uh, my premiums. Like that is a, a rich person's argument. Yeah. And what I want to write out is when I say this, like rich white men and people say, why do you bring up race? Because health disparities in this country disproportionately affect people of color. Exactly. Like there is a huge gap between the cover, color, the cover, the care that white people get and the care that communities of color get. It is a fact, right? Yep. It's disproportionate to communities of color. So yes, when you get, and, and women's healthcare is different than men's healthcare. So when you get 13 rich white men in a room trying to figure out what to do with the healthcare of this country, they have no clue. <laughs> Right. It's like when Kellyanne Conway say people should just get a job. They oh don't God. understand. There are hardships that people encounter in this country based on their socioeconomic status, based unfortunately on the color of their skin, based unfortunately on the circumstance that they're born into. And, and it's just the reality of who we are as a country. And until we can make that equal across, you know, all, all, all communities and and you know that's that's not going to happen for for I'm sure decades and decades we we need to take into account those disparities it's just the nature of our society 
Well, you know who else doesn't understand healthcare at all in any way, shape, or form is, of course, the president of the United States. The president. But you invited him to come on. I did. What happened? I, you know, and I said you got to come on, and we'll ask you some questions. Jackie Schechner and I will ask ask you some questions, uh, uh, Mr. President Biff, and uh, and of course I haven't heard back from the White House press office. Bomber. Go figure. I mean, why the hell aren't they returning my calls? But he he tweeted <laughs> here. Some of the fake news media like to say I am not totally engaged in healthcare. Wrong. Wrong. I know the subject well and want victory for U.S. Wrong. Right. Victory for what? Victory for you. I know the subject well. He does not know the subject well. And I have a story here coming up right after this uh, last break illustrating how badly he doesn't know about health care. And this is coming from one of his most loyal, loyal supporters. That and more right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, uh, I guess 4th of July weekend is uh, coming up. Well, it's going to be a long weekend because 4th of July is on Tuesday, which means that on Tuesday, there will not be a show on Tuesday. But we'll, of course, be back uh, with a brand new free show on Thursday next week. And then, of course, the after party on Friday next week. And there'll, of course, be an after after party tomorrow. I almost said after farty for some reason, which is just (laughs) horrendously not what I meant to say uh, it's so juvenile you could be president i know and it's just like donald trump's farts and everything i guess you're you're what, what would you call it twooping twooping <laughs> all right i just i've got twooping that's when on the you brain. tweet while you're booping you twoop. <laughs> that's also the name of today's show twooping um oh danny's gonna kill me you're gonna put that in the caption and danny's gonna kill me <laughs> well oh, why God. i mean why why would he ever be uh, ashamed of twooping. I think that's something he to be proud He doesn't do it. I do, I do it. <laughs> I'm going, you know what? I'm going to make that my cover photo, too. I'm just going to put the, no! the word twooping. <laughs> you know what he did word. say? He did say he's got three young kids, and he's like, nobody talks about poop more than you do. I have three young kids, and you talk about poop more than they do. Yeah, well, if you're, tw- by the way, if you're tweeting about today's show, make sure to hashtag twooping. Twooping. <laughs> twooping. Let's as make that trend. Let's, yes. make, let's make twooping happen. Okay, well, speaking of twooping, uh, Newt Gingrich, oh, who, who has the finest whoops. Uh, Newt Gingrich today said that uh, former, uh, let's see here, that, that President Trump will be able to push the Republican health care message after, quote, somebody translates it, according what? to a Wednesday Associated Rep- Press report. This is Newt Gingrich said that Trump will understand health care after somebody translates it for him. Oh, God. He said here uh, in this interview with AP. Trump will be able to repeat it with enormous effectiveness once somebody translates it. (laughs) Trump acknowledged earlier in the day that passing the Obamacare repeal and replace measure will be a tough battle, but he said he believes GOP lawmakers can get it done. The president also said that the health care bill is, quote, coming along very well and said Wednesday that Republican lawmakers have a big surprise coming on the measure. The big surprise being that it's going to fail miserably. And, and he got us a pinata. Yeah, got us a pinata. It's going to, you know, the big surprise is the health savings accounts because that's so, so great. Everyone's going to be celebrating that one. Everyone's going to wear their party hats and have their uh, health savings account. Big surprise cakes with the inscription of 
health savings accounts on them? He just spews. <laughs> There's just words. It's adjectives. Yeah. Tremendous, great, very best. I just... But it's it's so funny that even I mean Newt Gingrich has been such an unwavering Trump loyalist. Newt Gingrich is basically throwing Trump under the bus, saying, "You know what? He doesn't understand. He needs someone to handhold and spoon feed health care to him." You know, the president of the United States who has decided to by himself with the help of Mitch McConnell and just three other guys, three other white guys in the Senate. To reform one-sixth of the American economy, even though he doesn't know anything about what it is at all, ever. Um, so this is what we're dealing with. Not a, not a shock, by the way, that the polls are showing just catastrophically, unprecedentedly poor uh, poll numbers for, uh, for Trump care. 12% support via USA Today. 16% support via Knipiak. And 17% support via NPR and, and Marist. I think Fox News has it at like 20%, maybe 25% support. That's the Fox News poll. Even that is horrible. I mean, it's like Rachel Maddow joked last night. More people want to be hit by a car than want to have Trump care passed through the Senate and, and made into law. Which, by the way, again, even if it had passed this week, there are many, many more hurdles. And I don't see this bipartisan, by the way, I don't see this bipartisan effort working out very well at all because we're talking about 2017 here. We're talking mm -hmm. about Trump supporters here. We're talking mm -hmm. about the Freedom Caucus here. I mean, the Freedom Caucus wouldn't even go along with the initial Republican health care bill in the House in the first place, much less one that is tainted by the stench of Democratic meddling, which is what they want to do in the Senate. So remember, anything that differs from the House bill has got to be passed in the House again after a right. conference committee goes through and reconciles both versions of the bill. So this, there are many, many more steps legislatively to go on this. The Donald Trump but not enough understand. to make me comfortable. No, I mean, that's certainly the problem, not. And, right? and again, like, I don't, I don't, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I don't feel confident that we're going to get out of this one unscathed. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous that this is going to somehow eke through. Yeah. through some totally illegitimate process. I just, I nothing gets nothing surprises me anymore when it comes to this Congress. Well, you know, and I've been doing this uh, routinely, Jackie. Like, like it really makes any difference, but you know. Uh, for what it's worth, the people who are turning up at the offices of, of uh, uh, senators, uh, turning up at the offices of members of the House, turning up at town hall meetings, turning up outside their uh, local uh, district offices mm -hmm. and things like that, these people are heroes. I cannot tell you how much and how good uh, the, the the kinds of things that they're getting done here. The way they've been able to, I think, I think they have a lot to do, maybe uh, at least a plurality of the effort to, uh, and credit for the effort to uh, to stop this legislation has to go to the people who are actually putting their asses on the line, who are turning out in front of all these places, who are protesting and getting arrested, getting zip-tied, especially the people who have disabilities, mm -hmm. who are trying to, desperately to protect their own health care, and who are being dragged out despite their disabilities, who are being zip-tied and, and shoved out the door uh, by people like Mitch McConnell, um, and I especially want to mention that guy uh, who was on MSNBC last week. Last week, he appeared on with uh, Ari Melber, uh, who was mm -hmm. filling in for Lawrence O'Donnell. His name is Mike Phillips. He's a uh, a guy who's got a, a degenerative spinal disease, a spinal muscular disease, and who requires Medicaid to stay alive. Mm -hmm. And if he if Medicaid is taken away the way this legislation does it. He would have to move to another state and into an institution because of this. Right now, he's living at home. He's living a uh, you know he's living as best as he can. He's out. He's tweeting. I'm following him on Twitter. His Twitter account is really funny. Uh, you should definitely follow Michael Phillips on Twitter. Is but it at Michael Phillips? Yeah, I think it's at Michael Phillips. I forget his actual uh, 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 Twitter handle. 
Okay. It might be that. It might be something similar. It might be something more fun <laughs> than okay. that. We'll look for it. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he was the guy who was on, uh, and of course, he's confined to a wheelchair, and he's got breathing tubes, and he's com- almost completely immobile. He's almost like uh, Stephen Hawking in that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and again, this guy is putting his ass on the line to defend health care for millions of, of people and saving what we've heard here from Vox.com today, hundreds of thousands of lives over the next uh, nine or ten years, which is, I mean, you, 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 have to, you have to give props to these heroes. I mean, these are heroes who are saving lives and protect, and it shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't have to be this way, where we've got citizens protecting other citizens mm-hmm. from the Republicans, not, I mean, we're not talking about terrorists here uh, li- in a literal sense. We're talking about half of the representation of American politics. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and we need to protect our own citizens from those people's maniacal, horrible legislation. I'll leave our listeners with this thought because I think this is important. Okay. In, in 2009, when members of Congress went home, the Tea Party turned out en masse. Yeah. And they made a stink. And every news organization covered it and covered it and covered it Mm -hmm. because it was controversial. It made for good video and it amplified the message. We have the opportunity now, and I say we, meaning those of us who believe that we're still a country where people take care of each other, to turn out en masse as these lawmakers go home, whether they show up for town halls or not, Mm -hmm. show up. Do something. When you wonder what can you do, it feels helpless. It hurts your heart. What can I do to make a difference? Now is the time. I'm telling you, show up, make a stink, let these people know exactly how you feel. Absolutely, absolutely. Now is so important. The media will cover it. You just have to show up and do your job. Exactly, exactly. And it does have an impact. It's this kind of stuff. And and you know what? For, For many, many years, I really questioned the efficacy of physical protests in the age of the Internet. But I it really matters. Be- it matters. It matters. I, I completely- when they have to look someone in the eye, it matters. Yes, exactly. And in fact, now that uh, the internet is so prominent in, in terms of a, a platform for being a, a voice of protest, uh, it's actually more important to have physical representation in terms of protest because it's really easy to sign a petition. You know, like Bill Maher always said, it's like the least you can do without doing nothing, to sign an online petition or something like that. It really takes effort to go out and stake out, you know, Mitch McConnell's office to potentially get arrested, et cetera, et cetera. That's meaningful. That and says something. And it feels good. It yeah. feels good to do something. Get off your ass. Go do something. It feels good. In fact, there's this, uh, there's this activist group now fighting for health care that's called Indivisible is the name of the group. It's called Indivisible. And they are directly adapting some of the Tea Party techniques from eight years ago. And applying those to, of course, the town halls and showing up and protesting on Capitol Hill. Extraordinarily effective. I mean, and it really, it, it kind of gives me goosebumps when I think about these heroes doing the work that they're doing. Uh, because as much as we like to, to be ensconced in our little uh, social media bubbles and our little uh, self-branded social media worlds, uh, we don't get to see this a whole lot. And and I think as we go through and, and participate in this protest against this legislation, to, to bear in mind the, the real heroes are, who are literally putting their physical asses on the line every day to stop this legislation. And I hope it continues. I hope it continues after Trump is in office or after Trump leaves office is what I meant to say. God, I hope he's not in office any much longer. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Jackie Schechter, are you going to stick around for the postmortem show? Yeah, we gotta we make it a relatively quick postmortem. But yeah, we'll make it a quickie. Around. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do a quickie. I like a good quickie. Wink, wink. Okay, that's coming up next. Uh, sign up at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. $5 a month gets you two postmortem shows a week in addition to all of the free goodness that you get from the show. $10 a month gets you two postmortem shows plus the after party on Fridays. And then $15 a month gets you, gets you all that stuff plus an unbelieved commercial free version of this show. Go do it. Go do it now. And also make sure to support the show at iTunes and through the Amazon link. Just click the link just beneath the logo at bobsessions.com. Go shopping, and it helps support the show. Thank you for doing that. See you on the after party tomorrow, folks. Bye-bye.